Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale on Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Was enjoying my Modus over the weekend, watching some epic Shoot Shield finals action. I want to thank Modus for their support throughout the season. Joining me on the podcast to preview this weekend's grand final and review our semi-finals, that man again, Andrew Swain. Well, hang around, we'll have a quick chat about the upcoming Bledisloe 3. What a couple of epic uh, games we've already had, and looking forward to seeing if the Wallabies can make it into a decider. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast. Andrew Swain is on the line. Swainy, another epic weekend of shoot shoot action. You enjoy the footy? Oh, Berger. It was just nail biting the whole way through, wasn't it? It was um it was quite the spectacle up there at Rat Park. And look, I'm glad I'd managed to pick to do the Saturday game and not the Sunday game because I would have needed to take the snorkel, but we're still pretty you know, awful conditions all the way around, but it was just fascinating rugby. It was absorbing. Like the weekend before, the whole finals series, it's been my word of the finals, mate, absorbing. Every game's been really interesting and the weather played a part, but um wasn't really too much of an issue given the contest. I had a lot of people that sort of messaged me on the side, maybe not generally, you know, people I usually hear from all the time. I said, you're watching this game, particularly on Sunday, how good it was, the standard, even, even despite the rain. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, it was fantastic, um, and we're, we've now got a grand final to look forward to, hopefully just as good as uh, everything else we've seen so far in the postseason. Not the one we predicted either, did we? It was... Uh, yeah, it, hey, I predicted it. Oh, you did, actually. <laughs> you did. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I was on the fence there. Uh, I did I did it at, in the same... In the same breath, I said Norse, then changed my mind to Eastwood just to keep it interesting. So, look, by default, I've picked the grand final. But uh, You messaged me straight I, after that game on Sunday and said, you predicted extra time. And I was like, you know, I can't remember that, but I did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did. You said, you said because um, I, I couldn't split them. I couldn't come to a decision in that same conversation. And you said, maybe shoot, shoot extra time. And, uh, mate, um, I, f- I feel sorry for the great Vasily. Vasily's Garden scheduled for a five o'clock kickoff uh, on seven two. The great man uh, has been bumped into next week. So um, I had the great uh, Tony Lewis mention to me that old Vasily's an ex rugby guy. So hopefully not too disheartened that his show's been given the uh, been given the week off. Mate, in that time slot, he's probably got the highest ratings in his history. You would think, would you, Vasily? Now that now that it was taken over by Shoot Shield. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe. Oh, those poor green thumbs out there. I feel sorry for them, mate. I put the. I'm starting to get the uh, hashtag. Put your basil out. <laughs> put your beards out, Don Burke style. Um, well, yeah, I didn't hang around long enough on seven two because I don't usually lurk on that channel for much else apart from shoot shoot action to see if they put him on at five thirty. But I was thinking that's news time, so yeah, I dare say the great man's. Um, just succumb to some shoot-shoot action. But hopefully he was watching because it was such a good game. Mate, we've only got two games to talk about this week, and we'll talk straight into the shoot-shield. Um, let's go into uh, semi-final one uh, on the Saturday, which was Gordon taking on East. The Stags pulling away with a wing, the win, 28-10. to 10. Uh, Probably a much closer encounter than the scoreboard provides. Gordon showed their class late on in the match, but uh, 
East right in it um, from the get go, weren't they? Yeah, they certainly were, and and you know it was it was all very tight, you know, just past half time really, and then. I thought the the moment of the match for me was uh, just after half time. Um, you got uh, East score through Richie Wolf, and then a, a couple of minutes later, um, Shires makes a break through the middle, and he had Jack Grant right on his hip, and all he needed to do was get the ball there. I, I know, and I've gone back and had a look at it, and there was some there was a fair bit of cover around, but I still reckon. Grant scores a try there, and it's seventeen three suddenly to East if he if he scores that try. It was ten three at the time, mm. and then pretty much from the the ensuing play, Gordon take it up the other end and score. So I reckon that's the moment of the match for mine. Yeah, uh, it was a big swing. It was a big swing, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was. And and, and look, I think that um, that that moment as well really woke up Rod Iona and, and he started to really take control of the game in that moment. And um, I think prior to that to that happening, uh, Harrison Goddard was really controlling the game well with his box kicks. So I think I mentioned it about ten times in commentary, but it was it was just the the, the tactic of the game really that. Uh, and it was it was keeping Gordon, you know, close and in it, and and keeping them with possession, and um, making East have to make a lot of tackles and and defend a lot. It was Harrison Goddard putting those big um, looping bombs up, and uh, and and they really caused a lot of havoc. And then and then in the second half, Iona just mixing up his kicking game. He, he set up a try with that little grubber through the middle yeah. um, for Walton, and then there was the couple of cross field kicks and um and he's handling too like picking oh, yeah. the ball up off the bootlaces and sending a big left to right to um to Imaliliofano for his first try I thought oh you, you can't beat that and then to Imaliliofano seals the game at the end with a, an even better try set up by Graham and then Iona was the link man in between it was just a it was a gr- masterful performance from a from a team that just have so much variety in attack, and uh, you got to tip your hat to the coaching staff at Gordon for that this year. That's that's what's setting them apart from the pack, I reckon. Totally agree with all those comments, mate. My uh, takeaways immediately were how exceptional uh, their nine and ten were. Goddard and Iona. I, I got the feeling Gordon clicked at the back end of that match. Uh, obviously, Ramwick had given them a real fright in the first week of the finals, and you know, very nearly went down. And then they had this arm wrestle of a match. I thought Jack Maddox was outstanding for East, uh, really looked a class above and was giving them a lot to think about. He set up that Wolf try. It was a, it was a, it was a really nice try. and uh, But, yeah, look, that, the way that Gordon closed out the match was super impressive. And those last two tries, especially the last one in the wet, uh, were pretty incredible and deserved grand finalists. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Maddox, you're absolutely right, and he really dominated that first half, didn't he? He was getting his hands on the ball a lot, mm. but I feel like that was spoken about at halftime because in the second half, they really shut him down early, didn't they? They didn't give him any space, any time to move. The more he tried to um, inject himself in the game, the, the, the more he had to push passes and force himself on it. Uh, Gordon just put the pressure on him, and, and um, yeah, it was... It was game over after that, but um, yeah, just the game management from from Gordon. I, th- I feel like that's where the game was won and lost big time. Um, you saw sort of towards the back end, East really starting to try and 
have to have to really chance their arm and and, and nothing yeah. was coming off for them. Gordon, on the other hand, just stayed composed throughout. Uh, yeah, that that pass from Jalen Graham, where he fields his own um, kick, lands in the field of play, taps it on, regathers, throws it around the back, hits. Um, I hits. Uh, I, I can't remember who he hit, but he hit someone flying through. Uh, Iona was with him, uh, and then the big left to right once again to to Emily Lefano. It was just quality football to watch. And uh, yeah, it was it was some sort of game. Um, I, I, it was great to see those those big names stand out too, wasn't it? Guys like Maddox, guys like Jack Dempsey. I thought had a really good game. Um, and then guys, um, you know, who are, who are Gordon Juniors through and through. Luff and Silk. When when Luff came on, rather he, he was he was prominent, and Silk was just brilliant throughout the whole game. Uh, yeah, I. I, uh, I there was a lot to like about that performance, and and again, I've I know I've been um, pissing in DC's co- pocket a bit lately, but um, I think he deserves all the plaudits because he's he's got this team humming. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, yeah, as you say, just super professional and uh, really really polished performance, and uh, you know, great scenes after the match. I think uh, Gordon may have nabbed a couple of lower grade premierships on the weekend, so just continuing. An unbelievable year. Uh, I think, um, you know, Darren certainly came in to do a job and that was to get Gordon, you know, back back on uh, back on the radar, so to speak, in terms of the shoot shield and he's certainly done that. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's looked to build the club from, from within and, and from the top. Uh, there's been a little bit of discussion online about the perception of that and, and bringing a lot of players into the club, but... I really don't buy into that given the nature of the shoot shield and how it's sort of evolved over the last 10, 15, 20 years. There's, there's nothing there. And, and, you know, I just think it's, it's been um, such, a, such a huge year. I mean, to, to win the club championships against Sydney University is just massive. They've won two comps on the weekend. They're in the first grade grand final. Um, it's just special times out there at Chatswood. And, uh, yeah, I guess they're going to hope uh, Saturday – um, they finished the job. Yeah, oh, and and what a job it's been. I mean, to think this is the team that we've beaten ninety seven points to fourteen a couple of years ago, right? Two years ago, and yeah. and oh, mate, also the other thing is, oh, I remember where I was. I was I was sitting at the wooden whisk in St Leonard's having a coffee when I heard that DC had ju- jumped from Warringah to Gordon, and I thought, oh, that is huge. Like that's it was big. Yeah, that was a big moment. In you know, talk about people going from club to club in the shoot shield. That was a really big moment, I think. Um, I, I just remember where I was. I, I was mm. having a a coffee with the with the team, and um, and yeah, and the job that he has done to turn it all around and turn that club into club champions, one and a game away from lifting the shoot shield it's uh it's it's a huge huge effort and you got to you got to tip your hat to DC and then and then the board who've supported him through all that um, the guys who stuck with the club guys like Silk Luff um, you know Dempsey's there this year he's a he's a Gordon junior um, those guys have stuck with the team through their lowest moments Jack Margin was there as well when they got beaten by 90 odd um, mm-hmm. and, and now they're they're about to play in, in the biggest game um, in their clubs, you know, uh, a recent history. 
Yeah, totally agree. And other people there that laid the groundwork, you know, has been long standing, good and supported. Hayden Rourke was president there for a good eight years and really drove to get that um, alignment with UTS and the Colts program and very every bit of part of that club championship. I think they won a lower grade Colts uh, uh, comp on the weekend. Um, and new president, Matt Glascott, who was the guy that uh, got Coleman to Gordon. He, obviously, uh, Darren said his, his ambition really, really attracted him and uh, they've obviously worked really well together and uh, assembled a, a great side. And, um, yeah, let's see what happens on Saturday. It could be, it could be one of those really special stories um, once it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Actually, straight after the game on Saturday, we were calling it on, on radio and, um, Rorky Hayden Rourke popped in behind us and gave us a big pump on the thump on the back and said one more, one more, and uh, it was yeah you could just see the very the pride. excited the big man you can just see the pride that beams through those those long suffering um, Gordon supporters so good luck to them because um, they've certainly had a, a really good year. And, uh, I, I, you know, good luck to them next weekend at, uh, at Leichhardt. It's going to be a cracking grand final. It is going to be a cracking grand final. Join them on grand final day will be Eastwood, who pipped uh, Norse 12-9 in an epic, uh, was it 100 minutes? 100 minutes of shoot shield rugby on Sunday? 100 minutes, mate. That's, a ton. That's big. I guess Gordon would have hated every minute of extra time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. They would have been loving watching oh. these two teams bash the crap out of each other for 100 minutes. It was, uh, what a, it was a titanic battle. It, it was, was attritional, amazing. wasn't it? Just attritional was probably the word that comes to mind. It was, um, it was yeah, a titanic battle. And, uh I'd, there wasn't but, a lot in it, mate. There really wasn't. There really wasn't. Look, I feel for Angus Sinclair, who's been such a you know laser, um, yeah, laser sight accurate with his boot this year, and he missed those couple of kicks at the back end, uh, which could have put them through. Yeah. Um, but mate, you got to take every moment. It, it, gee, it would have been that tough. Kicking, would have been taking tough kicking conditions up there, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, mate. Who'd be a kicker in those conditions? And, uh, you know, that's what you invite. But um, he also kicked an ice-cold kick to uh, take it two extra times. So I don't think anyone's going to begrudge Angus too much for uh, a couple of missed penalties in those conditions. But just a titanic battle. Norse just will not go away this year. They were had, um, you know, great mental fortitude you could see in, in all their games. They never gave up. Uh, they still ran the ball in the wet. Um, they were a real threat out wide. Um, you know, they have had a good finals record against Eastwood in the past, you know, more recent times. So, uh, yeah, Eastwood will be delighted to get the win. Um, and, uh, you know, they snuck it home. I, Woody's uh, we probably haven't given enough attention to all year and they're in the grand final. They are, I mentioned last week, they're a complete side. They just really sound across the board. Uh, great pack, good halves and some, some really dynamic outside backs. Um, but they've just purred along and purred along, really hit their straps towards the back end of the year and uh, worthy grand finals themselves. I can't speak highly enough of this young uh, Tane Edmund. I just think he's just terrific. I, you know, I, I know they've had Taylor Adams in the past who had the flashy passes and the flick pass, but this kid just looks so composed uh, for a young kid. And, you know, that, that one moment in that half where he, he copped a, a shocker pass back into the in goal, um, picked it up off his boot laces and kicked it back down to 30, 40 metres out. You know, moments like that just showed a real incredible amount of maturity for, for such a young player and uh, really exciting for him this season. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? I reckon if you'd asked Gordon which team out of those two they would rather play in the grand final, they North. would have said Norse by yeah. the length of the straight. I think so. Because uh, they know exactly what they can bring. You're right, East would have just they've flown under the radar. Ben Batcher, he's obviously galvanised this team. Yeah. Um, and you're right, they've got just exciting halves. Gonzalez is... You know, he's a guy who's been around. That's his now. best season, yeah. He's, he said his best season. He's been a guy who's been around for years, um, and, and always, always been you know one of the, the best performing scrum halves in the in mm. the game. But um, you know, with Tane Edmed standing next to him this year as well, has uh, those two have really combined so well. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tantalising grand final. It's going to be probably one up front, you'd think. Um, Mm. And and look, uh, you know that's that's East would have had such a such a solid pack uh, for for quite a long time now, but you know the, particularly this year, and, um, and and you know Gordon Scrum, it's at times been mm. um, you know shaky this year, so I'm sure that um, they'll be doing plenty of work on that this week. But yeah, it's. Uh, I reckon East were going to pack a thousand this week. Hundred <laughs> percent. But also, they did come off a pretty um, brutal game on Sunday. They may only get the one session in, but uh, yeah, it's funny. I, you know, extra time games are always gnarly. But having played footy as you have, Swaney, games in the wet seemed not as bad as playing extra time in the hot dry paddock. If you know what I mean, you know, it's it's, it's a slower game. It's slower paced. Um, you come off knackered, but Generally not as brutal sometimes as a real hot day, if you know what I mean. It doesn't take that much exertion out of, you know, wet days just can be a bit stop-start. So I'm, I'm not reading too much into the big advantage Gordon's got, although it is a significant advantage. Yeah, I reckon, um, I don't know, maybe in those wet conditions your, your body just hydrates via osmosis or whatever, <laughs> who knows. I reckon it does, mate. I just, you come off feeling like you've been sweet. I mean, you come off battered and bruised, but you, you know, I'm, I'm not saying I played so many first grade games in the finals, <laughs> so maybe the intensity is a little bit higher. But I'm just thinking maybe there's a maybe there's a little bit of body self preservation, the cold, wet, than there would be on a hot, humid day. Yeah, maybe you may be right. I mean, it's um, you know, it was it was such high intensity though that game, wasn't it? It was from yeah. minute one to minute one hundred. Um, that's probably where the the you know the the gas gets sucked out of you. But I, I mm. yeah. I think you're right. Um, I, I don't think there's much between these two sides at all. Um, you know, I, I really, I really liked actually uh, the um, addition or Chris Bell being at the back. He, he's he's really come good over the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? The the fullback, for, mate, uh, huge. I called him Angus Bell on the podcast last week, which was a gaff of mine because a couple of Angus Bells floating around at uni. Um, did you cop it? Yeah. No, I didn't cop it. No, no. Um, but he has been a terrific find uh, from the UK, I believe, playing at Petersham, maybe in subbies. Yeah. Um, really composed, good footballer, just just a proper footballer, just just knows how to play percentages and, uh, yeah, terrific pickup from the Woodies. Um, he's been super impressive because I was really – he caught the eye the week before and sort of in the latter stages of this year's comp, but um, really adds that – Little degree of pedigree, I don't, you know, um, you know, Batch is going to be obviously paying dividends in that respect because you know he's played at the back, he's played with people like 
sort of Jai Ayub and Pierre Holler and guys know how to close out games. So, and you know, I love seeing Timmy Donnelly running the water out there for Eastwood still. And you got to think people like Tane Edmund are just be absorbing all that information from from such high caliber people at the Eastwood Club. Yeah, and, and Ben Batcher's a rookie coach. Don't forget as well. This is his first yeah. his first year in charge. First year in charge. Yeah, I just I was just thinking that is he second? Second, maybe, maybe I second. Think he's second, mate. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. um, but he's had also up in the box the the looming and imposing figure of John Menenti just hanging next to him off his shoulder sometimes, probably just helping him along the way as well. Which you know that's that's some sort of mentorship. Um, it's very noticeable seeing him in the box and in and around the, the team. It gives them a little bit more of an aura, if you ask me. I, I totally agree. He's a, he's an imposing figure, Johnny Menenti, and uh, knows how to win. Knows how to win. He's he's got a winner's attitude. Um, I'm sure that that has been filtered down to Ben over the years, um, who oh, you know yeah. through through playing, but also now through coaching. And uh, what what a great. Um, apprenticeship Ben Badger had done through John Menenti and now he's you know out on his own and and having a red hot crack made a grand final and uh, and done so by you know largely flying under the radar um you know they wouldn't say that but the I think no. the rest of the competition probably would um and and uh, and and a red hot shot against Gordon this weekend yeah I mean we paid Gordon uh credit for their season but Woody's just, mate, they're just such a good club. They just understand how to get things done, how to win. They're all footy. Um, they've got great supporters. They're rusted on. They're so um, woods, into woods, their woods, team. Woods. They, mate, they love it. But they're, I think everyone in the competition would loves playing at Eastwood, loves playing at them, and, and everyone respects them because they are such a strong club and had a lot of success. So, uh, again, it just makes for a really intriguing grand final. You know, Gordon uh, – the flash in the pan, newcomers uh, coming up against uh, a very successful team. Well, Eastwood's first grand final since 2015, which was a dreadful day for me. But, oh, um, yeah, that was some sort of day, wasn't it? Well, it was a bittersweet day. One fours, lost, lost, lost one. So <laughs> that day for the Marlins. But uh, first grand final since 2015. But uh, they'll be very hungry to add another shoot shield title uh, in the trophy cabinet. Yeah. It's going to be. It's going to be fascinating, isn't it? First grand final between these two sides since 1976. There you go. And um, and I'm just looking at the two team lists. Someone's just chucked them up on the Shoot Shield Rugby Forum, the two teams from Gordon and Eastwood that day. And I'm not seeing a lot of um, – well, a lot of names that, that jump out to me. Um, mm. Obviously, it was a long time ago. but I, I like this synergy, though. Um Playing at Leichhardt over on the weekend, the Balmain Tigers stomping ground. Tane Edmed's father, Steve Edmed, was a Tigers legend. Oh, there you go. I like it. That's a good little bit. That's good. That that is a good little bit of uh, a good little bit of synergy right there. I like it. Maybe his old man's uh, just telling which corners to run to. I thought it was. I think he might have been a bullocking back rower in league, but um, yeah, pretty cool synergy there for the for the family. Oh, and, and Tate Edmonds, one for the future, isn't he? What about oh. the fly half stocks that are coming through for the Waratahs? Crazy. Yeah, you got your Will Harrisons, your Ben Donaldsons, your Tane Edmonds. Like that's that's three guys who are twenty one or younger, um, and uh, who are uh, you know red hot for the future. So um, yeah, it's good good signs for for going forward. 
So we've got three premier grades out there on grand final day. We've got first grade Colts, second grade and first grade. Um, in the lowers, we've actually got uh, a double header. We've got um, Uni and East, followed by Uni East. Uni East, first grade Colts, Uni East in second grade. Um, so looking at that year, I mean, I obviously, Paulie, Yasi, Tomoipi, I'd be just very disappointed first grade, you know, struggled a little bit in the finals the last few years, but such a strong club, you know. They've got their lowers, their top top two grades in the, in the Premier Comp and first grade a match away from a grand final. So things at East really aren't far away, it seems. Yeah, it was a big upset too, East getting into the Colts grand final, wasn't it? Um, and the twos. And the twos. And the twos as well, yeah, yeah. Actually, that, <laughs> no, was, a, that was a heck of a game. I, uh, yeah, I, I it was. Back, I caught caught most of that game um, while we were setting up for, for first grade the other day and it was, uh, it was gee, it was nail-biting. It was tough, tough encounter. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough. East really gave it to Manly up front and we had a late run and almost snatched at the death, but um, East have had a bit of a mortgage on that second grade comp for a while. Certainly been in a few grand finals, definitely won one or two. So, yeah, it's, I think it just shows how strong they are in terms of their depth. And, uh, yeah, the Colts grand final will be interesting, won't it? Yeah, well, I mean, Uni and Randwick have just had a, had a mortgage on that. Yeah. For, yeah. for, for a very long time, and so no Randwick uh, this year. Absolutely, mate. Uh, who are you tipping in the big one? It's hard to go past Gordon, isn't it? A kiss of death once again. Sorry, DC. Um, uh, but it's hard to go past them. Best team all year. And, um, look, I don't think it's going to be by much, though. I reckon that this... Eastwood side will just turn the screws, will grind them and grind them, and it's going to take every bit of that versatility that Gordon have showed in game plan this year to win it. Yeah, I'm going Gordon in a tight one. I just think they're too good across the board. Got the best halves in the competition, certainly the best halves pairing. Uh, They've got the best defense and the best breakdown I've seen all year, and uh, it's really got them out of trail a few times in this final series, and I expect things to click. I expect Darren Coleman to have them right up for this one and uh, going to break a significant premiership drought. Something got to be something in the early 90s, I would have thought. 98, 98 I think. Well, 98. Oh, 98. Okay, late 90s. Yeah, okay. 98 v Norths, I, th- I think they beat in 98. So. Oh, so it was a Derby Grand Final not that long ago. I'll have yeah. to check the history. When you're still, 98, we're talking. We're talking, what, 12 years? Oh, no. That's less than the Marlins. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> oh dear, mate. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, are they going to get onto bloody tickets? And I think they're still waiting to squeeze as much uh, of an attendance out of uh, the government as they can. I guess. Yeah, all, all signs are that New South Wales Health are just dragging the chain just a little bit. But I'm, I'm sure that. Um, I'm sure that everyone will be able to get their tickets. It's going to be a bumper day out there at Leichhardt. What sort of crowd do you reckon? I mean, it holds 20-odd, I think, Leichhardt. You'd probably be happy with 10,000 there, wouldn't you? 10 would be nice. Surely we can distance with 50% capacity. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah, it's interesting to see how people respond to Leichhardt as a venue, but I think, you know, with Eastwood uh, in the mix and Gordon, it's probably strategically not a bad bad outcome really yeah oh, i i really enjoyed the games there for super yeah, rugby this year yeah um thought that was great nrc's played there uh, yeah. as well a few times as well as um super w so look i actually think it's a wonderful rugby venue um the fact that it's it's sort of 
renowned as a league venue is, I think, a bit of a furphy. I, I, I like, I like um, when the rugby crowds are there, and um, yeah, hopefully they can get a decent crowd in for that one. It's going to be a, it's going to be an absolute ripper, I reckon. It'd be awesome. They're predicting a bit of rain again, I think, but uh, it's been a it bloody wet, bloody wet week, but. Uh, Mate, we'll see. But uh, before we go, uh, we've got another big game on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night, mate. What's what are our men in gold going to do? Mate, I was lucky enough to head up to Wallaby Camp on Monday up in the Hunter and get a couple of interviews with some um, some of the Wallabies for the Fox Rugby podcast and um, spoke to Ned Hannigan, um, Harry Wilson, and Noah Lolasio and. Look, I think the big key this week is going to be in selection and it's going to be we'll probably find out on Thursday, I'd say, tomorrow. Um, but the big key is going to be who they select at 12 because I think Matt Tamu was such a big loss. Uh, do they go with a like-for-like like replacement and pick the 2016 Shoot Shield Rookie of the Year, Irai Simone, or do they um, move O'Connor Slot lot of CO in there to start. It's a big game for the big for the young fella. I reckon he'd be able to handle it though. So it's. I'd um, love to see that. Uh, as much as I want to see Hero Simone play for the Wallaby because I reckon he's really uh, deserves a crack. I wouldn't mind seeing Lolasio at ten. We're up against the wall, mate, and I just think we need a bit more invention in the attack. Uh, he's got that, doesn't he? That's yeah, what he's got. He does. That's definitely he's got what he's got. Yeah, he's got more of it, I think, than O'Connor, who's been steady, but I think we're going to need more than steady. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad shout. The only thing about that is then you're kind of playing O'Connor slightly out of position because he hasn't really played much 12. You're kind of yeah. compromising there a little bit. I, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. think it would phase him. I think he's the kind of guy now who would take that well in his stride. But are we starting to play silly buggers with positions on the field again in that situation? I don't know. It's well, you got you got Scott Wisemansel now. He's a very uh, experienced coach. Worked with England and and you know, Rennie. We got a serious coaching team at our disposal at the moment. So what I like is the fact that Rennie's clearly putting pressure on himself, um, you know, to get results as quickly as 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 now, and uh, you know. It's hard. It's hard, isn't it? You know, who, what coaches want to take on their first four tests against the All Blacks? But it is what it is. And uh, we've had a draw and a loss. And if we can win this game, look out. Like the bloody the, – the crowd building up into next week will be something to behold if, if we can jag a win. Yeah, and look, it's it's great to see Rennie putting that pressure on himself, isn't it? We were lucky enough to sit down and have, have a bite to eat with him on Monday, myself and a few of the rugby journos. And – um, you can just see the determination and ambition all over his face. Um, yeah. and, and, look, I'll be honest, I didn't see the series still being alive when we came to this point. I thought that, I thought that, um, pre the first game, pre the draw, I thought that, you know, there was a, a likelihood that the All Blacks would be coming over here having already won the Bledisloe. And that's coming from the most diehard of Wallaby supporters I am. I, 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 I love them um, dearly, and <laughs> I um, I didn't think it was coming over um, contestable. So it's great to see that it is. And gee, if we can jag a win, yeah, you're right. How good's it going to be at Suncorp next week? Oh, so good! It'd be uh, it'd be amazing. But um, yeah, you're right. Selections will be 
fascinating and uh, they announced the team tomorrow. So we shall see. The, only, the only other thing is the All Blacks, no Artie Severe. I reckon that's going to be huge. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I must have missed that one. He's uh, he's off on parental leave. He's expecting his child or has just arrived. Um, so he's not playing this week, which I think is a massive out for them because he is such a powerhouse, gets through so much defensively and in attack as well. Um, yeah. You know, bring in Satutu probably to start, which is, you know, he's been awesome in Super Rugby Aotearoa, but um, I reckon um, that's a big out with um, not no Artie being there. Puts a big... Um, Load of responsibility on Sam Kane's shoulders as well, mate. A little birdie tells me that the All Blacks are booked in at the Novotel in Manly, so I might do the uh, Michael Jordan deliver a dodgy pizza up to Caleb Clark's room. <laughs> Susie the waitress, <laughs> Susie, Susie from uh, from Cape Town, mate. Uh, yeah, I think I might just, you know, I think it's next week, so maybe just pre they heading up heading up north. But uh, what's the little pizza oh. joint just across the road from Manly Oval? Oh, Jerry's. Yeah, Jerry's, well, that, yeah. That'd kill the best of you. <laughs> you usually got to go into Jerry's when you've had about 12 schooners and your immunity's just shot. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Sunday's, Sunday's three times as bad with a 3 a.m. Jerry slice. Oh, look out. Look out, all uh, black. One of those, it's one of those pizzas that sweats really badly. Oh, it's just yeah, it's too right. much, it's too much going on on top. So, you know, I think the great Sean Maloney swears by Jerry's pizza, but no. Just take my word for it. <laughs> I think that's the only time I've been there is with Big Shawnee. So yeah, he's, uh, a bit well, of a, he's a bit of a local down there, a bit of a regular. <laughs> not at three, not at three AM anymore, but uh, I think he eats it during the week. Uh, do you reckon the All Blacks listen to the Shootcast? I reckon they probably do. I reckon. Oh, geez, you're kind, Swaney. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tweet them. <laughs> yeah, bro. Sam Kane is listening. <laughs> he's not listening. That's okay. That's okay. All right, mate. Well, hey, one more, you... one more, Burjo. One yes, more mate. for you. Who wins the catch pole? Oh, well, I still think Vailanu. Uh, you know, they're the front runners. But Rodney Iona, I think, in his own right, he. I actually, I had a text message with Darren Coleman about this, who he thought, and uh, he thought Mahi obviously coached him, and he yeah, thinks been impressive. We both had Harry Beery right up there. Um, and he had um, the Penrith 12 we've talked about before. To, you've got the pronunciation. Nanduratalo. Nanduratalo. Um, but I think Edmed has come into contention and Rodney Iona, I think. Have what you, about have Ben Maher as well? Yeah, Benny Maher had an exceptional year. I saw he won the plaudits over at, um, over at Rats, which is fully deserved. He had a, he had a breakout season. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think, think they're, I think they're I, contenders. I think Vailanu or Iona, I'd be happy with either one of those two. Um, Goddard, I think again has also been excellent, but lots of Gordon players have been great. I think I think Gordon deserved to have the catchpole medalist this year. They've only dropped the one game all season, which is which is pretty incredible. Yeah, here, here, absolutely. All right, mate. Have a great week and. Um, Enjoy the grand final. We'll have a we'll have a full wash up next week for our final episode of the year, and then we'll go to lunch. Maybe and, some Jerry's uh, Pizza, right? Eh? Well, we're, we're booked in for lunch, and uh, mate, we're going fishing after that. I'm, I'm giving this thing a hiatus. <laughs> I like it. Good stuff. <laughs> Cheers, Swanee. Speak to you next week. See you, mate.